Disclaimer. The content you are about to consume includes explicit language and or explicit topics and is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This content is also not safe for work. We recommend headphones if you are in a public place. This content may also include spoilers for popular books and novels. Please listen at your own risk. Enjoy! The characters so are incredible. Safe I, <laughs> words, actual consent, yep. check-ins, like... It, aftercare? Aftercare. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you must be at the wrong room. And then his husband comes by and is like, no, that's for you, honey. Merry Christmas. And I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Okay, imagine this, because we're both by. Imagine that as a gift. I know, right? Here's like, this really hot human being. Yeah. Sorry. Tip so much. <clears throat> What's up, fuckers? <laughs> every intro is just gonna be us laughing. Literally, though, but I think it's the best way. Every time. Oh, my glasses oh. are fucking smudged again. We literally just had a conversation we about this did. last episode. Seriously. Oh my god. Alright, y'all. Well, welcome back to another hot mess episode of. The Slap Podcast. Woo! You are here for our book episode, episode four, to our 2023 wrap-up. And you would have, if you felt so inclined, just finished with our very, very long BS episode this week. I took it from like two and a half hours down to like an hour and like 30 some odd minutes. Last episode I mentioned I had a surprise for Shay. Now, I am going to say that I had to ruin it because we went shopping right before this episode. And we went to Barnes & Noble. Yeah. And Shay got a gift card for Christmas to Barnes & Noble, and she was planning on buying herself this book. Which, in the end, you could have, like, just kept it from me, because they didn't even have it. I know, but I was a little worried. So, I bought Shay a copy of Butcher and Blackbird, like, an actual physical hard copy of it, so she can have it in her collection. And the reason why I gave it away was because we're in the car talking about going to this store she said oh i want to buy that book and i was like no 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 you can't you can't but they didn't even have it so i could have waited yeah but it's fine so yeah that's showing up soon for her i bought it for her so she'll have it in her collection well Mm -hmm. thank you you're welcome because it was gonna be one of those things where like if i didn't find it at barnes and noble i was like i'm just gonna fucking order it online yeah well now you don't have to because i did so you can have it when it gets here and what's ironic is it might actually show up on my birthday so i'll end up giving you a gift on my birthday (laughs) (laughs) which i love so much um so we thought we would wrap up because this is the last book episode of 2023 for us and it's going to come out on Friday, provided that everything technologically works out the way yeah. we need it to. Right before um, your birthday. Right before my birthday, yeah, and right before the end of the year. So this, we're going to talk about all the best of 2023 for us. Um, Say happy birthday, bitches. If you I'm don't, gonna, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not going to tell you all which day it is because I don't need to give that away yet. But, um, yeah, it's coming up. So I'll be 28, so ancient, almost 30. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. We're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be a great day. 
Okay, so the first thing we want to talk about is the how many books we finished in 2023. Um, Shay had a little mishap with her Amazon, like her Kindle account, so unfortunately yeah. the exact number for her isn't there, and we were going to talk about Kindle awards, but you lost a whole bunch of yours because of that. Yeah. Which sucks, because I love that they give you that kind of wrap-up of awards every quarter. I think that's really cool. If you guys didn't know, if you read on Kindle Unlimited, they give you like different badges of achievement, and it runs for quarters. I think it's quarters, yeah, because there's four of them. Um, and it's really cool because you can, like, get a whole bunch of awards based on how you read. Um, so how many books did I finish? I finished 32 this year. Hell yeah. Yeah, I ripped through some really, really good ones, especially during the summer and this end of the year. I ripped through a lot of them. Um, and they were all really quite good. So and we'll get into some of them later. But I read 32 in total. I estimated about yeah. 20, because going off of my old account, it, like, stopped at 12, mm-hmm. and then I counted up a couple of the physical books that I read, well, the physical mm-hmm. books that were a couple of the books that I read, yeah. and then the rest of the ones that I read, so I'm, it's somewhere in the 20s, Yeah. Um, but they were, they were quite enjoyable, Yeah. so... Um, I mean, that's a good amount of books. Yeah. So we did pretty well. Especially because, like, if I, if I remember correctly, like, I didn't get back into reading until, like, halfway through the year. Mm, that's a good amount for half a year. Like, it may have been, well, may have been around my birthday in April. Yeah. Because I got myself a Kindle. Yeah, I think that would be when it is, because yeah. I remember you getting yourself a Kindle, and that's when I restarted my Kindle reading, too. So, yeah, 32 books, and I think I restarted maybe in March or April as well. I don't, I didn't read a lot in the beginning of the year, so that makes sense. Um, the second thing was, did we reach our Kindle reading goal, and what was it? So, my Kindle reading goal was, and I'm going to say I cheated a little bit, because I realized about halfway through the year that the original goal I set was not realistic. I almost met it, actually. My original goal was 40. For the year. I did not meet it. I hit 32, but I edited my goal partway through the year down to 25 because I realized partway through the year that the 40 was not realistic. Um, so I put it down to 25 and I definitely did hit it. I could have put it to 30 and probably been fine too. But yeah, um, and I will say you guys, like the last four books, I think on my, th- my 32 were read this month because I ripped through a whole bunch of them this month. So but yeah, I did hit my goal, and it was, it was my goal was 25. Honestly, because of how late in the game I was, mm-hmm. I had a very small goal. I was like, let's do like 10 or 12. Yeah. I'd definitely beat that, because mm-hmm. I was reading a lot. You and were? Then were. And then there were some novellas that I read for the memes, and they were pretty good. Huh. They're like, again, I read them for the memes, but they were actually written pretty well. Yeah. I had a lot of reading slumps this year, and I think if I hadn't hit so many, I probably would actually have met the 40 that I initially planned on. But I, what happens to me, I don't know if your reading slumps are like this, but my reading slumps happen after I read a really, really good book. Mm-hmm. And Butcher and Blackbird really did that to me afterwards because yeah. I was chasing the high of that book for a while. Losers did that to me. Um, so if I hadn't hit those reading slumps, I feel like, I likely would have hit a 40 book like read for this year, but I did take a little bit of a break every once in a while. Yeah, I I had a little bit of a reading slump. 
before Butcher and Blackbird, mm-hmm. and then I read it and I listened to it, and I yep. was like, nobody can hold a candle to this book. It was just amazing. I cannot rave about it enough. Like, Ms. oh Weaver, my god, you're gonna have to live up to your hype with the next. Literally, book. like Leather and Lark. I'm so fucking excited for I'm, but it. But I'm terrified because like. There's such a high expectation from Butcher and Blackbird. It's like, what if mm-hmm. what if it doesn't hit the mark? Yeah. Which I doubt that because I've read some of Bren's other stuff and I think it's going to be fine. Um, but I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, me too. I'm really ready. But like, I'm just hoping that it comes out to be as good as we want it to be. So we decided our next thing is the current top 10 for us. Now, the last book episode... Um, so okay. we are doing a top 10 current books, like our, our favorite 10 top 10 books. And you guys might have heard from our last episode where we talked about books that we did a top five. That top five has not changed, I don't think, unless has yours. Oh my mine god, wait, has. did yours? <gasps> yours changed. Oh mine my gosh. Did change. Okay, mine Slightly. hasn't. It almost did, though. So to recap, my top five were Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver, Losers 1 and 2, and The Dare by Harley LaRue. Um, Her Soul to Take by Harley LaRue. I'm currently reading Her Soul for Revenge in the same trilogy, so that'll probably end up in here at some point. Um, the Haunting and Hunting Adeline duo from H.G. Carlton, and The Order of the Unseen series by Molly Doyle, which is Scream for Us, Melt for Us, and I think Blood Bath. I think Bloodshed's coming out soon. But after that, we didn't give away what we had, and yours, except for the fifth one, yours was really similar to mine. But, yeah, yours changed, so we'll go over that in just a second. Okay, so my top five did change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first one, Butcher and Blackbird. Second one, Loser's Duet. Third one, Her Soul to Take. Also by Harley LaRue. Fourth one, Cat and Mouse Duet. So, the fifth one is Carnage, which I just finished last night, slash this morning at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, Honestly, Carnage is, like, tied with Cat and Mouse. Wow. In my opinion. Wow. Like, oh my god. (laughs) Holy crap. It is... It's so similar, but so different. Mm. In, like, just one book. But it's a big-ass book. Wow. It took me so long, and it's a heavy book, just like the cat and mouse duet, but it's like, bro, it's you, such a good book. I I love it. Your your gifts that you sent me of your reaction to finishing it yesterday were so funny. Dude, it was... Uh, it was the shock and awe that you sent me, basically. Literally just a fucking roller coaster. Dude, it was a wild ride. I was like, oh yeah, like hell yeah, like smut. He actually likes her. Like, it's great. And then, like, you know, builds up, and there's, like, multiple people in the scenes and whatnot. But then, like, you go throughout the plot, and it's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Whoa, what the fuck? Holy shit. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> like, it. Oh. I'm just imagining you sitting and reading and it, having those reactions as you read. It just, like... It, it just tore my heart to pieces. It was playing with my heart, mm-hmm. tore it to pieces, put it back together, 
like, just when you think that, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm rooting for you, suddenly things change, and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? It's like, okay, well, now I'm rooting for you. And then it's like, never mind. Whoa, what? It's like, oh, it's such a good book, and it just, it, like, sucked me in and spit me out and fucking flipped me around and smashed me to the ground and then picked me back up, dusted me off, and then ripped my heart out and then, like, shoved it back in. And it was just played with my feelings. How dare you, Chantel? You played with me so much. I... Jesus. You know what's funny? I think our sixth top book is the same. So our sixth top book for the year, both of us agreed, is Does It Hurt by H.D. Carlson. Oh my god. I just, I have to pat myself on the back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because a, <laughs> almost all the ones that like you have fallen in love with are ones that I recommended. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> like that Butcher so and true. Blackbird, Losers, um, Haunting and Hunting, Does It Hurt, Written in Blood, um... There's some, there's some you started here. Heartless Heathens, and then you were like, oh, uh, we'll, get, we'll get into that, because that's in here. We'll get into yeah. that. I'll tell that story. Um, I'll pat myself on the back for Her Soul to Take, because that book, I started it, and then I told you, you need to fucking read this book. Yeah. And you jumped in and were like, yup. So yeah, and then I bought all three of them. Yeah, we kind of just feed off each other, <laughs> you know? I um, love it. My seventh book in my top ten I'm laughing because this book is so so just insane. Uh, is Evil Boys by Clarissa Wilde. Um, you have talked about that book so many times, yeah. especially while you were reading it. You guys, this book, I wouldn't say is a 90-10. It's more of an 85-15 between smut and plot. Um, but it's a lot of smut and a lot of, like, wow, smut. There's a lot to it. But it's the, the little bit of plot that is there is so good. It is so good. Um it is a reverse harem. It is a dark reverse harem. And there, there is a lot of trigger warnings to that book. Um, we'll get a little bit more deeper into that when we get down to another subject soon. But yeah, that book is fantastic. And I knew reading into it that I was going to end up with it in my top 10 pretty much halfway through the book. So I also now in my TBR have Sick Boys, which is um, kind of how we've seen it where it's part of a trilogy where it's different characters, but they're in the same like space as each other. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Ooh, your next one is on my list, just in a different spot. Yeah, my next one is Written in Blood by A.D. Wilde. I I had no idea what to expect with this book. I am a part of several, like, smut groups on Facebook, and um, there's a couple of them that'll be like, hey, like, authors, like, if you have any ARC signups or anything, like, go ahead and post them on this post, and then whoever wants to sign up for your ARC then, or for a chance to be on your ARC team, um, go ahead and do it. And for people who don't know, that's advanced reader copy. So it's not beta reading where it's kind of like you're reading and then you're making comments and notes to the author and then they kind of like change things around. It's like you get, um, it's like early access. Yeah. You get early access. It's like a premiere. Okay. Miss wild. I'm going to message you on Instagram. Cause you and I follow each other. I'm going to need <laughs> early access to a uh, written in flesh. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Um, but so I decided I was like, you know what? Because the way that the blur was, it was like you know 
military guy, it's dark romance, um, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, I haven't, like, military is not a big part of my life. Like, it was never some, like, something you re- really, yeah, like, it, like, mm-hmm. entertainment-wise, like, you know, movies and whatnot, it was never something that, like, I sought out. Yeah. But it was never something I was against. Yeah. You know? And I was like, you know what, this actually sounds good, like, Again, I judge a book by its cover. I'm like, this cover looks great. Mm -hmm. And so I read it, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I fucking love this book. And the fact that it's, like, a smaller author really, like, gets me. And then the fucking play on words in the title, written in blood. Yeah. Like, you read the book. Like, you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. I'm like. we. I also have to put a disclaimer in here, you guys. Um, this is a book that we were talking about in our last book episode that Shay actually told me she thinks I would like. Uh, the reason why I started reading it actually is because Miss Wilde herself was tagged in one of our Instagram posts and started following us and actually listened to us and shouted us out on her story on Instagram. So because of that, she's shot straight up to the top of my TBR and uh, we'll get into details about what happened with that later. But yeah, so that was incredible for us. Like yeah. seeing an author shout us out, like really just got, it was my, really cool. got my heart a flutter a little bit. I was so excited. I was like, I love like, and I understand when, you know, like people like celebrities or authors mm-hmm. or artists and whatnot, like can't really interact that much because it can get like really like dangerous for them and yeah. whatnot because people are fucking insane. But it's also really cool when like people like that, whether it's like they're, um, their products that you admire, their services that you admire mm-hmm. and whatnot, where, like, they actually interact with you. Like, it's yeah. really cool. And she she is really interactive. Like, Harley LaRue mm-hmm. is really interactive. And, so like, is they, Weaver. Yeah, and, like, yeah. they just skyrocketed, like, in popularity. And yep. it's great. It's like, yeah, you know, like, put down a boundary. I completely respect that. But, like, when they do actually interact, it's actually pretty it's cool. Awesome. I, yeah. I loved it. And, like, like me and ad wild follow each other and whatnot like like i said i was part of her arc team and i was like oh my god and yeah. then of course you had to like one up me and also read written in stone and i was like fuck <laughs> sorry i had so many books on my tbr i was like you know what i love written in blood i'm gonna take a step back i'll read written in stone a little bit you know put a little little variety in there and then you like one up me and i'm like well now i'm behind <laughs> jesus oh my god you're so you, we just did your seventh. We're on number eight. Yeah, my next one is Fourth Wing slash Iron Flame. I haven't finished Iron Flame. Um, I am halfway through it though, and honestly, like I, when I was a kid, I was a huge fantasy reader. Yeah, so was I. Like, love fantasy. Moral Instruments, Sweep, mm-hmm. the Thirst series. Like, I loved those books like the caraval like fucking loved it i even loved twilight yeah okay? I, I read all of them like i love twilight i i didn't read midnight sun i never got around to it but i i read the four um mm-hmm. original and i was like i i loved it mm-hmm. um and so when i heard about fourth wing i was like ooh, okay this is intriguing, and for some reason, I like put it off so much because I was getting like mixed reviews right. about Fourth Wing. And honestly, I think 
the people who are like kind of giving more of the negative reviews are just people who didn't even bother looking into what Fourth Wing is about. Uh, like it's more like, okay, you're not a fantasy reader. Don't you don't need like you could have your opinion and not like fantasy and whatnot, but don't fucking shit on the author. Yeah, when they haven't done anything wrong. There are several authors that you could shit on that we talked about like last time, but like. Yeah. Don't shit on them just because you don't like their writing. Yeah. You know? I mean, Fourth Ring is huge right now. Yeah. It's huge. Especially we were just in Barnes and Noble sitting in, in, right in front of the store. Yeah. So. But Fourth Wing was really great. I loved it. It's, um, and I love that the characters are not like teenagers. Yeah, we do love that. Um, especially because it does have smut in it. So, like, it doesn't have a lot of scenes in it, but when you get to the smut, it is. Whew, spicy yeah like it is hot um the thing is if the story itself is good enough that i don't need to worry about the smut like yeah it, and the smut is an add-on then great because there's a few of these on my list that are like that where it's like the smut's great but like the storyline is actually just amazing yeah, yeah like i i devoured fourth wing and then i was so excited when iron flame came out i'm still reading it because for some reason my brain is very much in like novella mode and so like it took me a while for because mm-hmm. when carnage came out i put it on my kindle and it took me a while to finish that and it's taken me a while to finish iron flame which kind of came out around like the same time like i started reading them around right. the same time i remember you starting kind of listening at the same time yeah so like i i've been taking a little while getting through them and right. been like reading just a bunch of like quick novellas and whatnot but um it's like honestly like fourth thing is so good it checks about all the boxes for me like it it brings back like the teenage part and of myself like with the fantasy like avid fantasy lover and then um also like brings in you know the adult with smut and whatnot right um but yeah no it's great iron flame is going well and and i know she i know she did it on purpose but like i got like about halfway through and i was like where's the smut and then i fucking literally i turned the page and started reading i was like oh, oh right. there it is <laughs> yeah a lot of like tension and yes no yes no like <laughs> you don't love me but i love you and then like on the other side it's like you so don't angsty. love me but i love it's so angsty oh my gosh it's getting to the it was getting to the point where i was like just fucking make up already all page. right and then next page i was like oh, oh. okay yeah <laughs> So, my number eight made it on here yesterday. I finished this book last night. I read all day on Christmas Day for the most part. <laughs> um, and this book, and this is what she was talking about, is Heartless Heathens by Santana Knox. So, I messaged her the day before yesterday when I started reading it. And was immediately like, I don't know if I want to finish this. Yeah. I think I was like 12 pages in. Yeah. Because the magic thing of the FMC, the female main character, is 18 years old. And I have a real thing about teenagers in these kind of books, but they are not high school students. No. They are college age, and the male uh, male main characters, the MMCs, there's three of them, are all 19 and 20. So it was yeah. a little bit easier. Um, this book is unlike anything else on my, on my list. This book is in a league of its own, kind of the same way Butcher and Blackbird is, but in a different light. It is dystopian. It is, mm-hmm. um, like religious trauma mm-hmm. it is dark 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 and mm-hmm. it is such a good reverse harem um 
the one thing that I really, and I, all of my reverse harems that I've read, all the male main characters all have very different personalities, but these three in particular are so distinctively separate that when you read it, it's like, okay, yeah, they're so different in personality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Santana really did such an incredible job at differentiating yeah. these characters. The F- the FMC, you just want her to win. Like, mm-hmm. you want her you to win. You just want good. her to win so badly. Yeah, and, you know, spoiler alert, she does. Um, but, and you guys, the smut in this book is insane. This book it pushed my insane. boundaries. This book, book per- pushed my boundaries in ways that I can't even begin to describe. Same with have Carnage to read it. for me. Yeah. We were just talking about this in the car, actually, today. But, like, this book pushed boundaries for me about topics that I don't usually care for in smut books, but it worked in this one. And, um, man, it's just, this one, if you guys are not into super dark, like, extremely trigger warning heavy books, I would suggest reading the trigger warnings page before you do. Like, do that with all the yeah. smut books. Um, but unless you're us and you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, unless you're us and you're just like, Wee! we're just, we're just gonna go for it. Yeah. Um, but, like... If there's, like, any sort of hesitation where you're like, well, I don't know, like, just straight up just read the trigger warnings. If a book is not for you, like, if there's a trigger warning in there that you're just like, I can't do it, like, I can't do Step Siblings. Yeah. I wanted, I I loved the beginning of The Madhouse by Liza James Mm -hmm. because it was very much, like, you know, cultish, like, both of them escaped. It was sapphic. It was everything, like, psychological. It was thriller. But then it started getting into the step-sibling thing, and I I had to DNF it. I couldn't. That's just a me thing. Yeah. Um, and I didn't read the trigger warnings, because I was like, let's just go in. Well, because you and I don't. We yeah. Do, that's, that's a kind of a toxic trait of ours, you guys. We don't read trigger warnings no. anymore, because we don't really have a lot of boundaries when it comes to trigger warnings. Well, yeah. Like, I dove head first into fucking cat and mouse do it, and I learned a lot about myself that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. And then that just kind of, like, yeah. I, was, I didn't read trigger warnings. and But the thing is, and I, I can't remember if I've, I think I've said it before, but it's like, even though the whole like taboo step sibling thing is mm-hmm. not for me, it's I didn't turn funny. around and like shit on the author for it. Right. I want to read that book so badly, but I just can't get past the step sibling thing. Like mm-hmm. I was considering going back to it mm-hmm. and seeing if I could. Yeah. But I feel like the step sibling part is just a massive part of that book. Right. Because it's both of the two FMCs. Yeah. See, that's hard. And so it's like, Ugh. Yeah, but but I mean, hey, one of the things I'm going to talk about in my next one kind of touches on the idea of working past some of those, so I'll mention it in a minute. Um, your next one is quite an interesting one because I have not read this. Yeah, I'm so with this. the ties that bind us by Eden Emery. Um, it is sapphic, mm-hmm, it is kinky, it is very much. Um, it's they were together. And you see that in flashbacks, mm-hmm. but like X's enemies to lovers. Oh yeah, her second chance romance. Yeah, second chance. Her current partner like turned out to not be who she thought mm. he was, but like, um, it's a little like in in like the smut scenes where like she just cut like comes in and just like takes care of the other FMC. Mm-hmm. 
like in written in blood not in written blood no in vibe mm-hmm. like in vibe um i forgot where i was going with this it's very much like that but it's also kinky and mm-hmm. it's it's a little dark um but honestly like it it was a good book i loved it mm-hmm. i loved the character development and of course it's like in the whole like fantasy like this the one girl that like comes back into her life is, right like you know like this millionaire but she's doing shady shit and whatnot of yeah and she's like you know i always took care of you blah 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 and then you know just swoops in and like drugs him <laughs> and is like you're going to pretend that you're asleep because you cannot move but you're not sedated you're gonna pretend that you're asleep while i fuck your girlfriend on the couch right next to you and you're gonna hear it because you're a piece of shit <laughs> she may not know what you're doing but i know what you're doing oh, type God. of thing so okay i have to go backwards real quick now that you mentioned that there is a scene from evil boys that almost made it into the list for me later um so y'all one of the things that clarissa wilde does is she posts a lot of like teasers about her books that are popular scenes one of those scenes is that the fmc has a guy that she's kind of seeing but she's not really seeing him mm-hmm. and he is not satisfactory in bed at all mm. and like they have sex and she's not he, she doesn't finish and the guy gets up and just leaves and goes to take a shower and unbeknownst to her one of the three mmc's she ends up with is underneath her bed while they're doing this <laughs> and hears it and is like he didn't finish her so i'm going to there's a scene like that in um it it is vibe. yeah behind the couch yes yeah okay yeah or where um she comes out in vibe and you know they put like in both books, like, you know, they take care of the unsatisfied other yeah, female main character. Yeah, that's exactly. And I will say, that that scene is not cheating, because that person that she's dating from Evil Boy, she's not actually dating him. She's just kind of fucking, fucking around with him. So Yeah, I don't technically, in, in That Sick Love, it's not cheating, because yeah. it's, um, it's like uh, Hartley's Heathens, where it's um, cultish. Oh, okay. and religious yeah. trauma. I will say vibe. It in is vibe. It is cheating. But you know what? I almost don't care. Honestly, because of the way that the book is, I don't care. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's very much like a. You know, I actually am gay, but I'm not going to admit that to myself. Yeah. But like, I love women for like the first female main character. Yeah, my ninth is a set of two books and Miss Wild. I'm going <laughs> to insert myself firmly up your butthole because I am now obsessed <laughs> with you. Um, so because of you messaging us on Instagram, posting us on your Instagram story, I started reading written in stone immediately, like the same day that you did that. Mm -hmm. And I finished that book in a couple of days. I think I was, and I had to read around work time. So like in the morning and then after work, but it was so good. Uh, you need to read that one because I know you read Written in mm-hmm. Blood. You need to read Written in Stone. Written in Stone broke a lot of rules for me because, A, it's a slow burn, which I hate. You know I hate slow burns. I know you hate slow burns. But this one was so good. I mean, the tension and the storyline behind it was so good that I didn't care. Hmm. I literally didn't care. And here's the thing. I call it a slow burn. It's kind of not, but it is. They don't actually have sex until much later on in the book. There's some tension and some sexual scenes in there, but, like, it, the backstory was so good, I just did not care that it was a slow burn. Also, I'm going to spoiler alert this for you, because you're going to still read it. There's an accidental pregnancy trope in here, mm. which you know I hate. You know I hate it, but it worked because it was at the very end of the book, and it gave them their HEA. Okay? So it makes sense. And for those of you who don't, don't know what HEA is, Happily Ever After, so it works. It's the one time I'm going to give that trope an okay 
is that right there because it fed perfectly in to where the rest of the drama is done. We're going to close the book up with a nice happy ending and it made sense for this couple. So as much as I don't like slow burns or accidental pregnancy tropes, this one, I'm going to allow it because it was so well done that I don't care. Now, written in blood. <laughs> Y'all, written in blood was so good. I mean, everything about that book was so good. I enjoyed the absolute shit out of it. And I am chomping at the bit for written in flesh, which is the Me next too. one. And like I said, Miss Wild, I would I'm love so to be on your arc for that. I'm so ready. That's Liam's story. And Liam is the biggest question mark of all of that. So this is a trilogy that takes place where it's three separate groups of characters, but they all are friends and know each other. They work together. It's in the same universe. It's just different characters for mm-hmm. each book. You can read them out of order. Shay obviously has because she only read Written in Blood and Written in Stone came first. It makes sense. But if you read them in order or read all of them, it makes sense to keep them together. Liam is a big old question mark caveman. Definitely, I hope this is a grumpy sunshine thing. From the teasers that Miss Wilde is posting, it sounds like it's going to be a grumpy sunshine, mm-hmm. which I'm very, very excited for. So I'm I hope. So and we all know Mr. Caveman Liam is probably going to be crazy in bed because he is <laughs> that type he usually is. So I'm very ready for that. But yeah. Um, so my number eight and number nine spots were filled in by books that I just very recently finished in the last week. So yeah. that says a lot about these books that I'm reading. Like they were so good that they jumped into my top 10 and dethroned one thing. So maybe two things actually, but yeah. Oh, your number 10 is such a good book. <laughs> my number 10 is Vibe by Liza so James. Good. So Liza James is the same one that does the Madhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a sapphic one where she, um, the first female main character is in an unsatisfying relationship. She finds, um, she becomes a dancer. She falls in love with this other dancer, also has religious trauma in it. Um, somebody from her past tries to come back and snatch her and, (laughs) You get to happily ever after. She's saved by the other female main character. And she's so nice and it's smutty. And it's like. That book was intense. It, it was, was intense. It was a huge coaster. It, yeah. And it became intense really, really quickly. Fast. Yeah. You guys, I also read this book at Shay's recommendation and it is really good. Yeah. The, here's the thing I didn't read Pandora's Box, which is another one that she read, read that, that. She, that she wrote, because I was hoping it would be another part of the same characters, but then I realized it's not. It's one of the other characters in the book. And while I like the idea, I almost don't want to go past Vibe because Vibe was so good mm-hmm. that it's like, how how is anything going to top that? I, yeah. I really loved Vibe. Vibe didn't make it into my top 10, it almost did, but it is really good. I do have to. Um do a little honorable mention for Impact by mm-hmm. Nikki Markham and um, oh, who is it by? And Kink Camp. Um, who is it by? Yeah, because you just or, had those in here and then yeah. moved when you re- rearranged. Um, because um, Impact is sapphic and it's very much um, a new, like, someone newly finds themselves in like a submissive dominance. Um, Mm -hmm. What the fuck is it called? Dynamic. Um, What's it on here? Um, 
and it at first I was getting a little annoyed with the first female main mm. character who was the submissive in this dynamic. Mm. But then if you think about it, it was um Adriana Anders, that's who mm. Kink that's who writes Kink's Camp. Who writes Kink Camp. Jesus. <laughs> um You need to insert the English motherfucker yeah. do, do you speak it. it. Not, Not really. really don't. <laughs> um but then if you think about it, it's more on the realistic side. Mm. So she is asking a shit ton of questions, which is good. Yeah. And then, like at first, like you, you like you wish like while you're reading, you wish that it would just go smoothly and like comes naturally. Like what I actually appreciate it about this book is that the part that I found the most annoying is the part that I actually appreciate the most hmm. because it's very much more in a realistic perspective of a bdsm you know dominant submissive dynamic because again asking a bunch of questions preparation they get their happy ending um she meets um the dominant side's friends who's like i'm not going to get in a relationship i'm mm-hmm. only in like you know kinky dynamics but we're not actually in a relationship yada 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 they also meet in a um they meet in a not quite like a strip club mm-hmm. it's very much like um like a kinky sex club, like in the Salacious Players Club. Right. But they have, like, dancing, but they also have, you know, like, scenes where you can watch them and whatnot. But yeah, no, that was a good book. There's, like, some, like, grammatical and, like, a couple spelling errors in it. But I was able to get through that. And it's the same with Kink Camp. Um where there's like quite a few grammatical and spelling errors, but the story itself is so good. Like um, this one's not sapphic, but there is like LGBTQIA representation. Like which we love. One of the main side characters is um, non-binary, non-binary and is very much sunshine is like trying to push the two main characters together (laughs) because the male main character who's dominant um, is a widower. And um, he and his uh, wife um, started this camp and whatnot. And then they kept hosting it and hosting it and hosting it. And then she eventually died of cancer. And then a few years later, um, this new girl comes to the camp. She's new to like um, a kinky, like the kink BDSM um, scene and is brought there by one of her friends who had been going for years. And they meet, um, well, they, the two main characters meet during a primal play scene, hmm. which I have to say is one of like my favorite type of like kinky smut scenes. Yeah. I love primal pit because it's just like you're just ch- you're chasing or you're being chased. It's I love it. Um, but then like of course you can't you know get him out of his out of her head. He can't get get her right. out of her head. It's one of those. And she's talking to I can't remember the character's name, but she's talking to the barista who's also you know like the main side character um who's non-binary and they're all like well why don't you put it up on the board you know like because they're like he is wearing a mask anonymous no names no ties it's just a one and done thing that's what he allows himself after his wife passed um and so then you know they figure out who it was and like she just you know they can't get each other out of each other's head. And the right. friends are like, yes, get together. And like the barista is like, you know, obviously like she affects you so much. Like, why don't you go through this? And he's like, no, because like my wife died and it's not fair and whatnot. 
but then like he learns and then they eventually get married and they this is so cute but i love it and then there's another one that's like part of the same universe yeah. only it's like this guy who goes there and um he goes as like somebody else like because he's a celebrity and they have like a marriage of inconvenience where the female main character um who is plus sized mm-hmm. um and is a person yeah. of color um oh, who is it it's it's king camp hunted yeah i was gonna say i feel like you've mentioned the name of that book to me so king camp hunted is the first one and then the second one is possession yes yeah so she's like you know america's sweetheart marriage of convenience whatnot um to kind of like get her into like a bigger like like celebrity scene mm-hmm. so she can like pay for her family's like stuff and medical bills and um they like hate each other but they don't actually and they so they're like kind of they kind of break up because there's like this big tabloid thing that happens with him um he goes to the camp she goes to the camp doesn't know he's there he doesn't know she's there they meet in um this dark room where you know you can't see each other and then um you know, they, like, go through it and then figure out eventually that it's each other. Oh, and he chases her. He's like, I love you. Like, oh, I've okay. loved you for a while. I just thought you hated me, blah, blah, blah. And she falls for him and whatnot. And it's so cute. They also get a happy ending. <laughs> they stay married. So my final book, and I do, on my 10, I do have an honorable mention on here. Um, My number 10 book, which... You guys, this year gave me a lot of changes to my top 10 because the beginning of this year, this book was my number one and it is now my number 10. So Denim Vipers by K.A. Knight. I am honestly, like, I am pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. that Denim Vipers is not your top one. No. Solely and like, it has nothing to do with the book itself. Yeah. Like, I haven't finished that book. It's, Mm -hmm. it was not an intentional DNF. Right. Um, I want to finish it, but like. You have just been like holding on to Den of Vipers for was, so long, yeah. for so long, and then you like read even more books because you like you read that one first, and you were reading all these ones, mm-hmm. and like they just couldn't compare to Den of Vipers. And then I think I told you that at one point I was like, "Man, nothing compares to it." Yeah, yeah. No, so Den of Vipers, which I've, if you guys have been listening to our other episodes, is how I got into dark romance, which mm-hmm. is like a huge one to jump in with. Yeah, um, it's. A reverse harem dark romance, like so so dark, so deep, and it's a great book. But yeah, it did get pushed down to my number ten because I've read so many great books this year, and that's not to say that this isn't a good book. It's no. just there were other books that outshined it a little bit. But it's still in your top ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it, here's the thing: I almost took it out. I told you this. I almost took it out, but I can't because that book taught me so much about what I like in books. Just it's year. a special place in your heart. It does. Um, but my honorable mention, which got dethroned today, because I put Heartless Heathens in this list, is the Savage Heart series by Amanda mm-hmm. Richardson, which I mentioned before. Uh, this book is a enemies to lovers, um, reverse harem. The mean girl comes back and is no longer, you know, the popular perfect girl. And she comes back and ends up with the guys who she bullied in high school. It's very, the initial idea, very similar to Losers, but just different. Um, but yeah, it's such a good book series. I have one more to finish. I haven't finished it yet. I've got two of the three done. 
Um, but it is my honorable mention because up until today, it was on this list as number nine or 10. And now it has been dethroned because of Heartless Heathens and <laughs> Written in Blood and Written in Stone. But it still deserves a little sprinkling in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know what, you guys? I can't really let Den of Vipers go. I don't know if maybe by next the time next year it may not be in my top ten. And honestly, I'm going to be honest. I hope it's not. And the yeah. only reason why I hope it's not is because I hope to experience so many other good books this coming year Yeah, that I hope it changes. Now, Butcher and Blackbird is going to be a really hard one to get off. Oh, this my list. God. I, like, literally, I don't... I it's so bad like it's so good but it's like so, so bad. bad to the point <laughs> to where it's like I don't know if any other book will be able to hold a candle to it. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about too. Like and it makes it even worse in the better way when you listen to the audiobook. Yeah. Like like in the last episode I cannot rave about it enough. Like if you have not even if you're not an audiobook person that, if no, you that have your hearing, so like if you if you are not a deaf or hard of hearing person, mm-hmm. and you want, like to, you know, read this book, I highly recommend the audiobook. It's very immersive. It is so like it just brings it to life because mm-hmm. there have been several audiobooks where I'm just like I'm not impressed. Like I can listen to them, but I'm not impressed. You'd rather just read it. At that like point. I'd rather just read it at that point. Whereas like Butcher and Blackbird. Like I can't not recommend the audiobook oh, because yeah. it's it just brings it to life. Like it would the only time it would be better is if it was a movie and it was done exactly how the audiobook is. And like we said, we probably it probably shouldn't be a movie. It probably shouldn't be. <laughs> um, I don't want it to get ruined, but yeah. it just it brings it to life. No, it really does. It's and so good. This is so funny because like we've warned you guys before, there are certain authors whose asses we're gonna be friendly <laughs> yep. up forever, and that's yep. Bryn Weaver is one of them. Yeah, I think she knows that because we've talked to her about her. Mm-hmm. We've gushed about her to her. Yes. So, um, but you know what, you guys? These, like, I hope, I hope my top ten next year looks different. I hope I experience so many more Me great too. books. I hope Leather and Lark ends up on my top ten. Me too. I hope Where's Molly? Mm-hmm. I am so like I'm yeah. really excited for Leather and Lark, but I'm also really excited for Where's Molly. I'm ready for I'm Written in Blood. So fucking excited for I'm those two. Written for I, th- I think it's a Bloodshed or Bloodbath. Which one's coming out? I can't remember. I, I think it's Bloodbath because I think you know Bloodshed what, is the one that's out. I read it, so let's find out. <laughs> Hold on, it's on my list here. Yeah, Bloodbath by Molly Doyle is coming out, and that I need because it's the fourth book in the series, um, the Unseen series. There's so many good books coming out in 2024 that I am like so ready for, mm-hmm. and I genuinely hope it changes my top ten yeah. because of that. So we'll see. Um, now here's the big thing for me is if I have a trilogy and the third and final book is that good, it'll shoot it up higher in my top 10 because mm-hmm. I group all of them together for a yeah. reason, you know? We also have a little fun surprise for you guys. We're going to talk about our top smut scenes of 2023. <laughs> so the first top, the top five we agreed on. This is us agreeing together. Mm-hmm. These are books we read at the same time, at different times. We both read them. And then each of us has a scene that we picked that the other one hasn't read from a book that the other one hasn't read. So our top number one, which I know you guys, I know we gush and gush about um butcher and blackbird and Bryn weaver but our number one scene is actually not from butcher and blackbird yeah, but it is 
It is from the Losers series oh my by Harley yes. LaRue. So, Harley, thank you so much for gracing us with the top smut scene of the year for us. Yes. We agreed on this together. So, this scene is in Losers 2. It's the very, I believe, the very first spice scene in Losers 2. And it is the CNC slash kidnapping scene. Now, you guys... Trigger warning, CNC and kidnapping are big triggers for a lot of people. We understand mm-hmm. that. And if you don't know what CNC is, real quick, CNC is known as consensual non-consent. Yes. It is not rape. It is consensual. That's the big thing. But it's it discussed is... discussed prior. Well, yeah. Most of the time. Like, yeah. In real life, it's discussed prior. Yeah. In this... Almost knocked down my bookshelf. That would be bad. <laughs> um, in Losers, it is um, discussed prior. Yeah. Um, in some other books, it's not, but that's the nice part about other books is mm-hmm. that it like it's not full on assault. It's like it you can tell it's CNC like in like in Haunting and Hunting Adeline. Uh, Heartless Heathens. Technically, yeah, Heartless you can Heathens. argue that the scenes with Sunny, where she's saying no, even though she doesn't mean no, and I hate that trope, but it is the truth. Is he teaches her about safe words? Is mm-hmm. she's saying no, but she doesn't actually mean no, and he asks her, yep. "When you say no, do you actually want me to stop?" And she says, "No, I don't." So he teaches her to use safe words yep. instead of saying no. And so, yeah, CNC, you guys, is a really, really touchy one for a lot of people. And we understand that. We happen to enjoy reading about it. We know it's not for everybody. We yeah. don't judge you for not liking it. Don't judge us for yeah. enjoying reading about it. But, yeah, in these ones, especially this scene, it is pre-discussed. Um, and it's excellently done. The, the way yeah. the scene is written is so well done. The characters so are incredible. I, safe <laughs> words, actual consent, yep. check-ins, like... It, aftercare aftercare mm-hmm. oh my god and it's it's not just like for i will i was only i was only slightly concerned that you might not like it because it's more on the poly side not so much the rh side no, i love it but at the same time it's like you also like crossing swords i do so yeah. i was like and it no, it's, it's kind perfect. of the same thing. So, like, I love that they have relationships yeah, outside of her as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, they have that, and mm-hmm. it's just all, and it's written all around, like, like healthy. Like, you could tell that Harley did their research mm-hmm. at bare minimum. Yeah, if they're not actually in the scene. Yeah, like, and yeah, my that so well. <laughs> I um, I read it, and I remember my mom like a long time ago was talking to me about how her not my stepdad but her partner's um eldest was i don't know if she was writing fan fiction or not but was writing smut Mm -hmm. and i was like oh and i like i teased my mom a little bit i was like oh maybe i should you know tell you know this girl because i'm gonna keep her name out of it for privacy reasons pointers um not some pointers, but like, ooh, little birdie told me that you you write smut, but I hadn't actually like started reading smut at that point. Mm-hmm. And then like I started it, I was like, hmm, okay. And then I read Losers, and I was like, maybe I should tell my mom. <laughs> I love and that. so I I let her borrow Losers one, and she devoured it. I kept like texting her, I was like, did you start reading any of the books yet? No, because she was like working and because she, mm-hmm. she's a teacher. Um, and then she finally, you know, Christmas break and whatnot. Um, she started reading it. She devoured it, and she was texting me. She was texting me about how much she loves the dynamic, how healthy it was. It is, yeah. How everything is communicated beforehand. There's check-ins. There's aftercare. Her favorite is Vincent. Oh, um, I gotta go for Lucas, man. I know. I I, I have to. I have boy. to. I have to go for 
Daddy Manson, but mm-hmm. I love all of them. I do too. There's a special place like, in my I, heart. For I all just, of them. I love them. I love them so much. Yeah. Like, like I said before, I'm like, where are the four? Like, where are my four boys that I bullied? Like, I didn't actually bully anybody in high mm-hmm. school, but why didn't I bully any of those four boys in high school that were like? all together and then grow up and come back to my hometown after a few years and then get with them and have like the best like time of my life (laughs) and are in with them for the rest of my like come on I love my partner I love you I love you I'm not saying I want anything different but it's like (sighs) in an alternate universe in an alternate universe man so I have to say about this scene I remember reading it on, I was laying on the couch, my partner was watching TV, and I was reading, and I remember I was laying, I physically sat up and, like, gasped while reading this part <laughs> of this book, and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, not even a little bit. And I made a post on TikTok about this scene, mm-hmm. and Harley actually liked it and, like, commented on it, which was really funny, but, like, I remember this scene, like, even if I didn't remember the details of this scene, I remembered being so shocked by it. So when you brought up this scene for the number one spot and I rethought about it, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a perfect scene for that. But yeah, that is my number one as well yeah. because not only is it so spicy and so good to read, it is so perfectly written that it doesn't like misrepresent you that. don't question yourself really yeah it is not one of those where you're reading it and you're like oh why do i like this like why and you know what there's another one which you haven't read but i've told you about so there's a cnc scene in melt for us i believe or in bloodshed that is also really well done it's really similar to the idea of this one and but that one when she when she does that it's actually to take back power after being sexually assaulted Mm. and she can't get past it so she asks them i need your help to take power back from what happened to yeah. me. And it's really well done in that sense because Molly really did her job to make sure that this is not being sexualized in a way where basically it's sexualizing rape and it's not. Well, and that's how, like, in real life, mm-hmm. that is one of the main reasons why people get into CNCs mm-hmm. because they have, like, a history of being assaulted and yep. it's their way of taking, taking back, back power. power. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I have um, so much respect for that. I really yeah. do. I will say that with this scene in Losers, it's almost 20 pages. Like, is it? It really technically yeah. is, like, from start to finish, but, like, from the page that they, like, you know, they start nab her and put her in the trunk. Yeah. Um, all the way to, like, all the way to the actual end is almost 20 pages, but, like, the start of, like, like if you think about the start of a movie scene, like, it's mm-hmm. actually 20 pages. So, wow. I didn't even it goes a while. It's great. I just, I love these books. Like I, I am one of those people where the, except for songs, like music doesn't count, but like for movies mm-hmm. and for books, I don't really repeat reads, mm-hmm. but there are actually some books where I'm like, I want to read those again. Yeah. Losers is one of them. Yep. Um, Butcher and Blackbird is another, um, fucking cat and mouse do it like it i think i might reread that again. there are so many where i'm like i would actually be down to reread these yeah that's why they're in the top fives for yeah us because of that like these are books that are so good i want to relive it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the second one would have been the number one if losers hadn't come into our lives yes. like, i know for a fact shay would have suggested this as our top number uh-huh. one oh because my fucking God. when you re- you read this before me and you were so in love with this scene that i when i got to it i was like oh man this is the scene jay's talking about uh-huh. like so this is the mirror house of mirrors scene <laughs> from haunting adeline 
So it's because it brings in like an element of primal. Yes. And I fucking love it. This scene, you guys, is oh, and you know what it, what else? It's the thrill of being caught. It's that mm-hmm. idea. It's like it's not even voyeuristic. It's like there's a word for it, and I don't remember what it's what it's called, but there's actually a word for it in the adult movie industry of the danger of being caught. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why it's such such a big deal in this book is that when they're in the house of mirrors, it's an active carnival that's about to close for the night and people definitely could come walking in because they're not hiding at all. And they play grown up tag and hide and seek. Yeah. No, this is <laughs> such a good scene. I remember reading it and being like, okay, Shay really likes this. Like, is it as good as she said? And then I read through it and I was like, yep. And I texted you immediately after that scene. And I was like, now I get it. If I catch it's, you, I fuck you. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that's such an iconic like thing. Uh huh. That, and it's not the first book to ever do it, but it's the, very popular book that yeah. does it well and also sorry going back to audiobooks mm-hmm. they actually narrate the audiobooks really well Ooh. teddy hamilton is frisade mm-hmm. oh my god and the way that the way that he narrates it like i will say butcher and blackbird narration is a little bit better right because of the like audible gasp and whatnot mm-hmm. but like with um with the cat and mouse duet narration like they do like actually bring in tone and emotion into which I yeah I love how they read it and it's dual point of view mm-hmm. and excuse me I don't know if that's like the actual term for when like like when it's in Addie's point like perspective mm-hmm. point of view and it comes to Zade's line like the act the voice actor for Zade actually reads it it's not her trying to deepen her voice and sound like a man yeah I know I love when they do that where the two point of view characters are reading their own like yeah words. like it's yeah. so like and I don't know how the whole voice acting thing goes like trying to set things up like I don't know if it costs more for that mm-hmm. like I would assume it does because there are some books like fourth wing and whatnot where they don't do that and mm-hmm. i really wish they did the voice actor who's like fucking voice acting every single goddamn character like kudos to her oh my god but like i really wish again i don't know the process and whatnot but i really wish more books for audiobooks actually did that more often because yeah. i feel it would it would just go so much smoother it would seem like you're actually immersed in the story. Oh yeah, no, it definitely adds a different level for any audiobook, and I love that it does. They did that, and yeah, that's one of the first audiobooks that I read somewhat wise that really get, gave me like what I needed out of an audiobook like that. It was so good, mm-hmm. and it just stuck with me. But this next scene, this next scene came from a book that I told Shay she needed to read, which is uh-huh. "Her Soul to Take" by Holly Larue, and I did. And I told you when you got to this scene that you would be texting me. Mm-hmm. And you did. Uh-huh. So this is the graveyard scene from Her Soul to Take, you guys. Mm-hmm. And this scene gets a lot of people like, holy crap. Because, yeah, it's a lot. It is one of the most talked about scenes, if not the most talked about scene in Her Soul to Take. Oh, a thousand percent. There's a reason for that. Yeah. I mean, and you guys, this is like we talked about before. This is paranormal. This is demon fucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's he's not human. And neither is his appendage. <laughs> in the best way possible. But I'm gonna spoiler alert this for you guys, even though we're gonna have a recording at the beginning of this episode that tells you spoiler alerts. I don't desire to be fucked on a gravestone. I really don't in real life. But reading about it, for reading some about reason, it, is so great. Letting your imagination run wild. Yeah. It's like holy wow. fuck. Because like, yeah, it's like oh, like I, I don't want to be disrespectful to you know to the graves and whatnot because of the whole like spiritual yeah, part really big thing aspect and whatnot great. like i've i was always taught not to walk yep on top of like where people are buried and yep. whatnot like mm-hmm. you have to go around as 
best as you can. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you accidentally do it, like, say, sorry. sorry. You know? Yeah, I was raised like that, um, so my mom's the same way. But reading <laughs> but. it, uh, on the other hand, reading it is just significantly different unless your imagination go wild. Yeah, so like we said in the, our last episode about books, Harley puts, um, like, drugs in their books somehow. Oh, my God. Know. Like, um, literally. There yeah. was, there was. I don't know if it was about Harley or if it was about H.T. Carlton. It was mm-hmm. about one of the authors. And it's like, oh, my God, like, what do you put in these books? And I'm like, drugs. Drugs. They put drugs in these books. Just kidding. They're actually a great author. Yeah. Because it was, like, on Facebook. So yeah. I, I didn't I didn't want to get, like, banned. Yeah, but so was, we're, we're joking. It's, it's metaphorical yeah. drugs. Like, not actually drugs, but, like, yeah. oh, my God. I will say, Her Soul for Revenge is very quick with the spice. It is. So and I've only gone scene. I've only gone partially through it, but I've gone through that first scene, and I was like, <sighs> Okay, we're doing it. That that first scene got me real good. I was like, wow. When I read that, I was like, that is so good. I wasn't expecting it because the spice in her soul to take takes a minute. Yeah. Her soul for revenge gets it going real fast. Like, I was shocked too, but it was so good. Okay. Now we get on to our baby, Butcher and Blackbird, (laughs) number four spot. So here's the reason why this is number four, you guys. Butcher and Blackbird actually is not super heavy on the spice. It's not. It's a slow burn in the best way possible. But, the, yeah, the banter, the way they fall in love, everything behind it is so good. However, when you finally get to the smut in this book, the very first spice scene you get to in this book is oh so my good. God. And for me, I don't know about you, the reason that it's so good is the way that Rowan talks to her exactly. in this scene. It is incredible. Just the, I'm not going to spoil this for you guys. I want you to read it or listen to it if you want. Please. But when you get there, the way that he speaks to her in this scene is like, if somebody spoke to me like this, I would combust. Yeah, I'd be like... Ah, I, I'd turn into red mist and never okay. exist again. I would never not know what to do. Um, it is so just, wow. Like, it's everything you were waiting for and then something. Yes. Made, it made the wait, like, so yeah. worth it. And then every scene after that, in oh the restaurant... I almost wanted oh, to yeah. address the restaurant scenes because they were that good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's restaurant scenes, but I'm not going to go any further than that. But it's like... But that first one was just like, wow, everything I was waiting for has come to fruition and it's worth it. Also, can we just talk about, like, the dinosaur onesie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end of the book. <laughs> when, he first, when he first mentioned that, he's like, oh, what a day to forget that. I laughed audibly. Like, out loud, I was like, I was like, my husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, but I think I'm going to be. <laughs> um, he also knows better than to ask me if I'm okay. The answer is always no. Um... But yeah, no, that scene was so good, and every scene after it was so good. I mean, every part of that book was perfectly written. But yeah, that scene's definitely in our number four. Mm-hmm. So you guys, this number next five. This is not oh, even in there because of how good the spice God. was. This was a jaw-dropping scene. It was just the sh- fucking shock value. Yeah, I mean, it was a good spice It was scene, a good but spice scene, but... Shock- it was just, whew, you, like, literally just grabbed the edge of your I seat. I sat up. Like, holy shit. So, before we continue gushing about oh. it, I'm telling you guys what it is. This is the shark scene from Does It Hurt? Now, I'm going to spoiler alert this for you guys, because I need you to understand what we mean by shark scene. So, to give you some, like, reference on how dark this book is, Enzo is the most toxic Man oh my fucking world. god, in he the, is. In the best and worst he ways is. possible. He's so they're, toxic. Well, they're both so fucking They toxic. are. They're very toxic. But Enzo is a marine biologist. And so Which he, is like, 
I just I, love it that. has a special it has a special place in my heart like everything else because when I was a kid that was what I wanted to be yeah. when I grew up was a marine biologist and I'm like he cares about the ocean and oh like the sharks and the yeah pets, he, everything like, he specifically has a big thing about sharks but you guys he finds out that she did something to betray him and so his solution is I'm gonna take this bitch out on a boat and then I'm gonna have sex with her and then mm-hmm. mid-sex I'm gonna cut her by biting her lip and then sticking oh, her face, face under the water, water where there are the sharks. sharks swimming around now if you guys listen to episode 3 which is getting posted when we're recording this tomorrow um that I am terrified of dark deep water and sharks. Mm-hmm. I am so afraid of sharks. So when I read this scene, I fully expected because I heard a little bit about it to be terrified and to hate it. But the shock back value, I think my heart was racing the whole time I read that scene. Honestly, because I was like, oh my god, I had no idea what to think. I, yeah, was, like, I was like, he's she's gonna get bit, he's gonna let it happen. Like, it really <laughs> let you think, like, holy crap, it was one of those yeah. things where it's like. It's like when you see a video or even in real life where it's like you just can't look away. You just can't stop reading. Yeah, I you was. You have to keep going. It was such a shock factor that I couldn't stop. And it was incredibly surprising to me. Like, I just. The shock value. It's just. Like. Li- I can't say it enough. Just the shock value. Yeah. Like, just everything. I. But yeah, you guys, this this scene is not just in here because it's so spicy and, and oh wow, good smut, because it is, but it was the shock value. This book also had another shock value scene that oh I'm going to right yeah. now, that I literally, I stop you guys, I've read some crazy shit, I've read some insane shit in these <laughs> books. Den of Vipers has a gun scene, so does Haunting Adeline. Den of Vipers has a knife scene, I mean, and I don't mean like cutting her a knife scene, I mean knives going places they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book, though, had a scene that I distinctly remember being so shocked by it. Hunting Adeline. Yeah. About the knife. Yeah. I, I was so shocked by it that I paused and reread that piece again. <laughs> yeah. I remember you texting me. I texted you and was like, is this real? Like, yeah. And it's, it's the smiley face scene. Yeah. Like, you smiley face. Oh my god. Sense. I remember, like, because when, when I mean smiley facing, guys, it's where he hooked his fingers into her mouth and, and like, stretched stretched her so she's smiling while he's in the middle of being inside her. Yeah. Like, that, I remember being like, what? And going back to reread it because I couldn't physically believe what I was reading. Yeah. That scene was so shocking. I was like, wow, I actually, I mentioned that to Shay when we were talking about our top five for the fifth spot. I said it's either the smiley face scene or the shark scene from this book. Mm-hmm. And they were both pretty close, but the shark scene is what everybody talks about. So, well, yeah. it's just, I, I don't know what is going on in that evil little brain of hers. But, oh my God. <laughs> right? Haley, fucking Jesus Christ. The flex too is, you see the way she looks. She looks pretty young. So it's like, holy shit. Tiny young woman is writing the most crazy deranged but amazing smut I've ever read in my entire life. Well, and so many people in her, like, Facebook group, like, think that it's, um, coming from, like, you know, like, like, this really deep thing, and she's like, no. Not, <laughs> that's just how my brain is. Yeah, she literally, like, somebody asked her what her inspiration behind, behind the scenes is, and she's like, I just think about it. Mm-hmm. And to imagine having a brain like that that can think about that kind oh of stuff. Oh my god, one of the things that I just, like, I read that I just can't get out of my head, where it's like, if you, like, meet one of the authors, and it's like, I masturbated to your brain. Oh, right. <laughs> I think she posted that, actually. That was so funny. Where it's just like, 
<laughs> your brain has um has triggered things yeah <laughs> inside I, me <laughs> and that's the thing is if you're a smut author it's like when do you come to terms with the fact that that that's been like porn for people <laughs> also yeah. like do you think about these scenes and then get off on them yourself literally like that's a good question like do you like in a way test them out <laughs> like because there are some authors where like like that i follow on tiktok mm-hmm. where it's like writing a scene and it's like I need to make sure that Wait actually minute, works. That and I was like, babe! Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I gotta you know try what? something. You know what my favorite was? is You sent me that video where it's like talking about, like, do you have to start drawing diagrams when it's in reverse harem and trying to figure out how all these things yeah. work? My brain was doing that while I read Heartless Heathens at the end of it. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute, hold on, let me construct this in my brain like a diagram. But yeah, you know what? These five scenes, you guys are the ones that we've together decided were our top smut scenes. However, like I mentioned, each one of us has our favorite of the year that is not in a book that each of us read. Mine is in Evil Voice. Mm-hmm. This was not hard for me to pick. I'm going to be super honest. It was not hard for me to pick at all. So my top scene of the year for myself is there's a group scene toward pretty much the very end of Evil Boys after everything has happened. The FMC realizes that she's in love with all three of the MMCs and it comes out and all the drama and the crazy shit has have finished it's this big dramatic lead up to it. She gets captured and stuff. Trigger warning. And spoiler alert. Um, and they come back to their house. And it is the most insane group scene I think I've ever read. It's 20 pages long, literally. And um, what I really loved about it, though, was like there were so many topics that popped up in this scene that most people don't touch on. So for starters, uh, there's pegging in this scene. Which is one that you don't see a lot of in no, our, you in our don't. small books, but it's written really well in that it's not cheesy. There is obviously it's a group scene, so it's three men and one woman and women. Woman, wow! Can I speak English today? No, I can't. <laughs> um, what's really very interesting about this scene, though, which is why I think you'd probably like it and it would be interested in it, it does have crossing swords, but it's also got a bit of sexual awakening slash self discovery in it because one of the MMCs in the middle of this, realizes, oh, maybe I'm not as straight as I thought. Oh. It, it's real good. I love that. Yeah, no, it's, the the moment when she describes it in the book, where Clarissa Wilde writes it in the book, it's like, it's like a train, like, smashing into a wall, but in the best way possible, and it's like, holy shit, like, it flies open. Oh. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, literally, please insert that sound <laughs> in here. But, like, the self-discovery, sexual awakening part of it is insane. Like, it is so well-written and super good, and you kind of, you read through the whole book because the other two MMCs are in a kind of kind of relationship together, so it's crossing swords already. But they joke about the other guy and how he's so straight he would never blah blah blah. And then it's like, oh, oops, no, <laughs> never say never. Exactly. Insert like Justin Bieber and Jaden Smith in here. <laughs> but yeah, it is so good. And like I said, swords crossing is one of my personal favorites, and it's in there. Um, but the sexual awakening thing was like when that came into play, I wanted to put the book down and cheer because I truthfully didn't think it was going to happen. And then it did. And it was so well written, so good, so long. Like the scene has movement. So like they start in one place and then they go to another place and then they go to another place and all this. And it's like, they're like three different locations by the end of it, but it's so good. And it's a really smart way to wrap up a book. Um, so Miss Wild, thank you for that roller coaster <laughs> because it was a really good way to end the book. And now I have to read Sick Boys because if that's what you put in Evil Boys, and I need to know what's in Sick Boys because <laughs> holy shit. So I'm interested to hear about yours because this is a book that I haven't read. Okay, so and I haven't finished it yet. Um, 
I will say it's not my like favorite smutty scene. Like honestly, I don't know if I have one because like I've told you, I'm just easily impressed. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sex, great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um but this one I like because it's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, like the scene, it's like cute, but it's also like I don't I don't know. I'll just I don't know how to describe it, but here. <laughs> so it's the Naughty List, which is a Christmas novel by Jade West. I have seen a lot of people talk about it in like the smut groups right. on Facebook, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Huh. And so this girl. She's in an unsatisfying relationship. Um, she is bisexual. Um, she finally breaks up with her boyfriend, but she's like, like because he wanted to, he was a starving artist mm-hmm. depending on her. She was working like multiple minimum wage jobs and whatnot. She decides to like message this girl um, that she was like online friends with. Huh. And talks to her about this agency, so the sex worker agency. Interesting. And she gets into it. And she, like, she gets up there on the list. Like, she is damn right committed. Like, her and her ex, um, they did some, like, kinky and BDSM shit, but, like, not to this level type of thing. Um, And so there are quite a few scenes. Like, there's one where it's um, DDLG scene. There's one where it's period play, which I kind of had to, like, kind of skim over because period play is not my favorite. Right. Yeah. Like I can, I can take it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but then this one, because it was part of her like job, Mm -hmm. like they had to, you know, write the whole scene. Mm -hmm. It's not my thing. So I just kind of skimmed over a little bit. Um, There's also one where she um, is in this um, BDSM dungeon with this guy. And um, she's like a complete submissive and, you know, does all the whips and chains and stuff like that, which is a really great scene. And then there's another one where she like plays like the the mistress of right. this guy, and like the the guy and his wife has like this like kind of dynamic thing where she comes home and finds him quote you know fucking this other girl, which is her, um, and she's like this jealous wife, and she makes him pay, like makes him like fuck her, makes him pay. Um, then makes her pay and like pegs her and whatnot. So like that's a really good scene. And like after all, they're like you know like like thank you for like doing this and blah 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 blah. Yeah, because it's her job. Yeah. Um, but this scene in particular is with two bi guys, and they're married, but they send her a proposal, um, which I love the way that the author like sets up the agency thing where it's like, um, you have to do an interview, which part of the interview she had to like basically like masturbate for them Hmm. and like you know show her like show them how shy she is or isn't basically um anyways god um so the proposal is like um you know for christmas like i want to do this for my husband um and he like you look like the type of girl that he'd be into, blah 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 blah, and they go at it together. And it's um, so there's crossing swords. There is um, there's double penetration where it's anal and it's vaginal. And then um, after they shower, take a break, eat, hydrate. Then it's double vaginal penetration. Oh, jeez, those 
scenes always make me question my sanity. I know. I'm just like, wait, both of that went where? Like, there's a ah. when you get to the end of Heartless Heathen. Ow. When you get to the end of Heartless Heathen, Heathen's where there's one of those in there too. But but it's like it's very well written. It's it's so like this is such a quaint word. It's so cute because <laughs> it's like, yeah, she takes two dicks in the same hole. But it's so it's cute. so cute. But like <laughs> she's like doing this for these guys, and of course she gets you know horny off of it. Mm-hmm. But um, she gets paid for it. So yeah, yeah, she's she's getting like four thousand like because this is seven k four thousand pounds for this. Damn, like she makes good ass money, dude. Damn, sounds like it. Oh um, my god, but. No, like, it's so funny because at the beginning, she like, she's, you know, dressed up, she's got mm-hmm. her long coat, and um, knocks on the door, and um, the guy who she's the present for opens, and they're both, like, kind of taken aback by each other because they both, like, find each other really attractive, mm-hmm. and he's like, you must be at the wrong room, and then his husband comes by and he's like, no, that's no, for not. you, honey, Merry Christmas, and I'm like, oh, you're so cute! Okay, imagine this, because we're both by, imagine that as a gift. I know, right? Like, here's like, this really hot human being, yeah. Merry Christmas, I'd be Merry like, Christmas. what? <laughs> and it's like, um, and like, they kind of get started, and it's the guy who, like, sent the proposal where mm-hmm. it, like, starts, and he's like, no, 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 you're, like, you're his, you're his present. Like, we're both gonna take part in it, like the, the proposal the said, but you are his present, and like the the guy who like is getting um who's getting the present is just like still taken aback. Like, uh, I can't yeah. believe you're. This is mine. This is for me. You're doing this for me. For me. Like, oh my god, babe. Like, <laughs> I love you. Like they just start making so out, funny. and she's like drooling, but. <laughs> No, it's I just I love the scene. Like, if if I I really like this book, I'm not done with it yet. Um, the fact that it's all about like her being a sex worker, um, meeting these people and doing these scenes, it's like don't mind me. I'm just adding this to my Kindle. <laughs> I'm like, actively sitting here adding this to my Kindle library because I need to read it. It's like how how can you do so many scenes and still keep it like interesting? Mm-hmm. And you like you see her character development. Like her ex tries to come back, and like has flowers and please because like he leaves her for a groupie, and um and yeah he tries to come back and like she's got like you know some of her new stuff and she's like looking to like move out of her like really run down right. apartment and all of this is so that way she can go see her parents who moved to Australia for Christmas. Huh. Like, she's in the UK, they're in Australia, she's, like, pretending that she's okay, even though her boyfriend broke up, she doesn't have any friends and whatnot at the beginning, um, so she's, like, trying to get money, and she <laughs> joins the agency and whatnot. Interesting. But it's a really good book, like, I, I loved it, and I, I, yeah, I'm still reading it, but it's a really good book, so if y'all are, like, into basically almost, like, any form, because, like, there's a scene, scene in there, mm-hmm. too, um, that's like, like all the kinks. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's really smutty. Not so much romance. Like she falls in love with herself and starts seeing her confidence oh, and whatnot. I um, I again still reading it, so I don't know if she like ends up finding somebody, like like meeting somebody. Um, even then, though, I don't think she needs to. From no, what she doesn't. Me. Like, like the book sounds like a really good like self empowerment, self really good. Awakening. I fucking love this book. I'm just sitting there like in my imagination. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> can I be this person? And I'm like, no, I, in reality, I couldn't. But, like, I can dream. Literally. I can dream. 
Like it's it's great. I love it. It sounds really good, and because of you, I am now. I just you guys had literally just <laughs> while we're sitting here added this to my TBR because it sounds really good. So I'm gonna read that. And oh yeah, there's a lot of um, degradation and praise yeah. throughout the book and whatnot. Oh dude, same thing with evil boys. I'm telling you, you gotta read that. You have that book. That is, <laughs> I think I've described this to you before. That is reading hardcore porn in a book. That's what that book is. But there's a good plot behind it too. Mm-hmm. It's got more plot than um, Court of the Vampire Queen. So. Okay, sorry, because we are, like, at the end, and yeah. it just triggered in my mind. Can we talk about the boot-licking scene in Losers? Yeah, we can. I know that triggers in, like, the, a little bit. Oh, my God. I was like, I don't want to lick boots, but, like, why is that want, enjoyable? <laughs> why, is that, why is that hot? <laughs> oh, my Like, God. I, I would not be able to stand it. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. But I'm like... I'm too much of a brat for that shit. I'm like... This is the. What, do I find this attractive? No. Yeah, I'm like, quite like I've again. I found out a lot about myself reading these books, yeah, especially totally. losers. And I'm just like, and that by the way, guys, that's an upcoming episode that I started writing notes for. Is the eye opening books? For oh us. yeah, yeah. We're gonna have an episode where we talk about that because that actually is that the books is that one of our episodes we're filming today? Hold on. What is episode six about? Yes, we're filming episode six today. Yeah. Eye opening books. Yeah, that's one of the that's the next book episode you guys are getting. And yeah, spoiler alert: we're filming multiples today because next weekend, when we're supposed to be filming, we're not going to be filming. Yeah. So we wanted to get you guys episodes on track. But yeah, that that is one of the things we're going to talk about is the books that opened our eyes about ourselves a little bit. And yeah, I know losers on there for you. So oh my god, yeah. I is everything with losers. Yeah. It's like. Well then, <laughs> no, that book was really interesting, and I I found it like the things that she went through, the character development with Jess especially mm-hmm. was incredible. Like just from start to finish, like what I love that they made her the bully. Yes, and like I do too. Like they did flashbacks of her being an asshole. The, yeah, being an <laughs> asshole in high school, but the current like the current time that yeah. they're like that they're set in is when they're adults. Yep, exactly. And you you can just. I the way that Harley did the flashbacks, mm-hmm. it's not like it doesn't seem like it's like just thrown in there. I agree. You know? like, yeah, I think it's well done. It's great, and like the character, like like you said, the character development with Jess. I'm just like, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. You got this. Yeah. No, for sure. Like that. That like, I could just be in Jess's shoes one day. <laughs> if I could just have a dream where I'm Jess. Not even, in like, a real-life thing. Any of the... Yeah, just, like, a dream. In this total hypothetical... <laughs> in this total hypothetical situation. Not real situation. <laughs> which, that's a joke that you guys will get for the episode before this. Oh, my God. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. This was our 2023 wrap-up, you guys. And, like I said, we are filming another one today for our very first book episode of the next year that's coming out in 2024. And that will be all of the eye-opening reads that we've got. But... We are about to close out this episode and start recording our next BS episode, which is right after this. But this is going to be coming out, I believe, on Friday as long as things work out. But you guys are getting episode number three tomorrow, Mm -hmm. provided that I can get through listening to it without my computer being stupid. I can't even listen to it on my phone. It's too long of a recording. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, because it it wants me to download the audio to my phone, which is a lot of memory for my phone. So I went onto my computer to listen to it. And I'm so excited because it's long, but it's super good. 
I really like it so far. So I think you guys will too. But in the meantime, um, you guys can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on TikTok. And you can follow us on pretty much any like podcasting thing at all. The only places you're not going to find us are on, I believe one of them is called Tuna. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Google Podcasts. Mostly because I believe both of those are going to become obsolete soon. So we didn't really want to bother because it was kind of complicated. But you can find us literally anywhere. And it is Sounds Like a Personal Problem podcast. Uh, you'll see our logo. Our white and orange logo will be in there no matter what. And feel free to follow us on there because we'll be posting more fun stuff. But yeah. So we are going to duck out and get started on our next episode, you guys. But thanks for listening. Alrighty. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye. for listening to this episode of slap podcast if you enjoyed this episode please leave a like rating review yeah see you for the next one